Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Jarrell Mason. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Album Cover, where we get inside the entertainment industry with those in the know and give them their flowers while they're here to be celebrated. Right now, today's guest is the queen of gospel, Neo Soul. It is soothing for your soul while uplifting the utmost high. And this is very special because we got an NC Connection, 919-252 by way of New Mexico. Grammy Stella Award nominated. We're going to get into her new single, Ain't No Half Stepping, her career, and all that good stuff with the one and only Miss Cynthia Jones. Cynthia, welcome to Beyond the Album Cover. Man, thank you for having me here. It is an honor to be here. So I, I just give it back to you. I, I'm just happy to know that you're from the 919. Yes. Yeah, yeah. North Carolina, first in flight. Shout out to the 919-910-252-336-704 and the 828. This one for who? One for who? Us, us, us. If you're from North Carolina, you know what I mean when I just That's did That's right. That's Shout right. Out to Pablo. All right. Yeah. So let's go ahead and hop right into it. So how did you get your start singing? before getting your deal? Oh my gosh, uh, let's see. Ooh, how much time we got? Okay, let me start from, I start from a, where I took piano lessons. My brother and I both had piano lessons. My mom wanted her children to be well-rounded. So my brother played trombone, I played piano. I still play piano, but I started uh, with music. But when my music teacher died, I started learning how to play by ear, which benefited me as an eighth grader when I had to write a poem. That was my English assignment. The poem was, I love you more each day. But since I knew how to write and play, I combined it. And that was my first song. That song is still a hit wedding song to this day. So I got my start way back then. But then I wanted to start writing more. And then, you know, start letting people hear it. Then next thing you know, churches want to hear it. Then next thing you know, you put a little band together and boom, you got Cynthia Jones. <laughs> so I kind of condensed that. But yeah, that's where I got my start, just simply just a writing assignment uh, for the eighth grade and the rest is history. And now I'm writing, singing, still playing and doing all those things. Now with the piano lessons when you were a kid, were you one of those kids that really wanted to go outside and play with your friends, but mom was like, uh-uh, you staying here on that piano. You're going to get chopsticks right. Yep, you hit it right on the head because Saturday morning, you want to go outside and play when you're a kid. My brother and I know we had to go to piano lessons. And so we didn't get a chance to play on Saturday mornings until later on Saturday mornings, but it paid off. And, you know, I thank my mom every time I get a chance that she forced me into taking piano lessons. <laughs> yeah, you got to love parents for that. It's just like Robitussin. It's nasty, but once that bitterness <laughs> wear off, it's good for you and you'll thank them later. Yeah, yeah, I sure do. I sure do. Mm, so who are some of your musical influences? Um, now I haven't always been saved, <laughs> but yeah, back in the day, um, I, I used to always love the, the raspy type singers. I love Aretha Franklin. I love Shaka Khan. I love, uh, when it was came to gospel back then, it was like Danny Bell and, and, uh, Andre Crouch, you know, those singers, um, 
And then, you know, now I still like to listen to them, but I love that Neo soul. I mean, once I realized that that's where I was as far as that vibe, uh, Neo soul was it for me. Um, I like NDRE. I love, oh my gosh. And then when I had the chance to actually be with Lisa McClendon back in the day in Nashville, uh, her and I doing a set together, um, I said, yeah, this is, this is where I am. So Lisa McClendon, definitely. Um, and there's so many, there's so many. Yes, a lot of influences. Now, when I was listening to your music, I hear a lot in your vocals, like you mentioned, in your RE, I also hear Anita Baker, Erica. Lay Layla Hathaway, all those great neo-soul artists. And like I said, it's just warming, calm, and soothing. Yes, it, it is. And that's why I share with people, a lot of times, you know, they'll say, oh, you guys, I'm, I'm like, you know, because they'll start I'm like, I'm not a screaming gospel artist. I want to keep my vocal cords. I need to be able to do at least, you know, the next show without sounding hoarse. So I don't scream. My, 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 I tell people I'm easy on the ears and I really am. Um, but what I've learned over the years is because I am that way, demographically, my, my audience is, it, it, it crosses boundaries as far as, you know, the hues, you know, black, white, Asian. I, I, I was surprised when, you know, just recently uh, uh, this um, Asian lady presented me with flowers. She loved the music, but you know, it's just that particular style has opened up so many doors for me where when I first got started, it was just all within the walls of the church. Now, I'm on the other side of Walter's Church. However, my lyrics will never be sugar-coated. You will always know who I'm singing about. Right. You mentioned when you got started how the music was within the four walls of the church and how it really wasn't no room for deviation from the traditional gospel where you had the sounds of the caravans, you know, Pastor Shirley Caesar, Albertina Walker, Mighty, Mighty Clouds of Joy, Andre Crouch, the... Rance Allen, his brothers, what they're doing, Williams brothers, and how it was pretty, Edwin Hawkins, the Hawkins singers, and how they yeah, were really a yeah. part of that first wave of right. James Cleveland for combining secular and sanctified and meaning in the middle. And then by the time commissioned BB and CC Winans, the Winans, and everyone came later, they really perfected that formula, Clark sisters of right. combining the two. Right, right. I, I truly believe that as well. But one thing about me is um, you would never have to question what I'm singing about and who I'm singing about. I, I am a stickler for making sure. Now, I love, my, I love my music to be just as funky as the next. I mean, I love that neo-soul. I love funk soul. I love it. However, lyrically, you will never, ever question who I'm singing about. Um, I, I believe that if you are a gospel artist, then there should be something in your music that says that this is a gospel artist singing this song. Now, if not, then just call it what it is, an inspirational song, which is nothing wrong with that. But if you're saying this is gospel, then I need to hear the good news. I need to hear it. Mm -hmm. You got to hear it. And you mentioned singing in the church. Now, me being from the South, knowing how you go to these little 
hole in the wall, turn at the left fork in the road, and you might see a rock in two houses down. And you may not get paid in money, but you will get played in a, I'm not getting home to after six o'clock Sunday dinner plate with the chicken, hams, greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, you name it. You so, name it. <laughs> so what was that like going into these little churches, getting your start singing, and then eventually making Ooh. your way to the bigger stage? And also, did you, you get taking me doing the talent show circuit in high school where for certain high schools, they would go Apollo style on you, which means boo you if you were terrible. Well, okay, you, you talked about two things and I have stories for both. Let's start with the uh, high school first. I never had to do the talent shows. I was on the chorus. I was in the chorus class, I'm sorry. But with my high school, to this day, I started the gospel choir. Um, we used to sing, you know, um, you know, what a wonderful world, you know, things like that, you know, chorus stuff. And then after we would be finished, we still had a little bit of time before the bell ring. Remember I said I knew how to play. <laughs> I would get on there and I'll start playing, oh, happy day. And so some of the black students, they knew, oh, happy day, oh, happy day. And then the white was starting, oh, next thing you know, after we would finish our regular classes, Everybody would look forward to the last part of the class before the bell rung. So I started a gospel choir. And from what I was told, they still have a gospel choir to this day. But that's where it started. And my teacher was named Mr. Adams. And that's where that started. Now, number two, you mentioned um, the circuit. Oh, my gosh. I hope y'all listening out there. You got to be humble because I can tell you some stories starting out. You know, you want to get your name out. You can't go in there demanding certain things and, and you, you, you're you just getting started. I could remember days of uh, just a sound system being a boom box with the microphone in front of it. That's what that's what the sound system was. I can remember. Uh, um you know, not getting paid at all, but that food's in the food hall back there was smelling awfully good. So, you know, they fed us, things like that along the way. But when you start making a name for yourself, next thing you know, people are booking you, picking you up, boom, next thing you know, like me, King, you know, releasing CDs, Kingdom Record, pick me up, Shekinah Glory Ministry, label mates. I mean, things can happen, but you got to take baby steps and then, you know, Everything else will fall into place, basically. Um, if it was meant for you to have it, you're going to have it. Because mm, if you want to lead one day, you first got to learn to serve. Yeah, yes, yeah. Mm, and you know, working those small stages, you may have no music, musician is late. This is the days yes. when you had mics with the chords, where you had to learn how to, how, to, how to work <laughs> it, and you got to get that little bit of slack. Let me tell you something. You bought something back. I was at Carowinds. Remember when Carowinds used to have the gospel concerts and things? Mm. Well, um, I was still trying to make a way for Cynthia Jones out there. And I went and got on the gospel segment of the concert. However, this was not the advertised one that they're advertising. You're, a little, you're on the side stage doing a little pre-show. Man, I did that anyway. It was no pay. I did it. 
But I'm always on my A game. The band was on the A game. We next thing I know, I'm singing, but I see the back door key open and close, open and close. People coming in, open and close. People coming in. Next thing you know, where I got out, it's a girl in there throwing down. I mean, and that's what I was doing. But I was just giving a good show because I'm an entertainer. Okay. So after that, I did it. No pay. We got a free little concert, you know, Carolyn tickets. Next thing you know, they called me back to do a show with Kurt Franklin. I was like, yes, and that one was for pay. Contract and all. So humble beginnings, like what we was talking about. Had I said, shoot, they ain't paying me. Ain't nobody going to see me in this room over here. You know, I had no idea where was going to get back out there <laughs> in the streets of Carolyn's. It's a sister in there throwing down. <laughs> yep, you got to make the most of your opportunity. It may right. be small, but if you have faith that's as tiny as a mustard seed, he'll expand it and make you avail of much. Right, right. You're right. You're mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and I'm curious to know, what high school did you go to where you started the gospel choir? Hello, I am an eagle. Yes, I am. I'm in Long High School. And like I said, back then, my um, chorus teacher was Mr. Adams, and he would let me play. Um, so people look for, you know, and can you visualize everybody just gathering around the piano and watching you play? And, and next thing you know, I'm singing, oh, happy day. And, you know, back then, you know, most of us, we knew it, but then the rest of the chorus caught on. They was like, that's, you know, we sing an old happy day, you know? So yeah, that's where it all started at Inlow High School. And I believe Inlow High School is also the home of alums, uh, Nate McMillan, NBA yes. champion, PJ Tucker, and yes. North Carolina Central Coach Lavelle Moten. Yep. Very good friends of mine. Yes. All right. And Coach Moan, if you want to come on beyond the album cover, come on, <laughs> come on. I'm, I'm, I'm calling you out. Come on. So now you mentioned Enloe and the RTP. For those of you that don't know, that's not familiar with North Carolina. That's Research Triangle Park. That's consists yep. of Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. So were you ever influenced in any way, shape or form by the HBCUs in and around the RTP, like Shaw Central, St. Aug, and then, of course, areas such as the Triad and a little bit further north like Elizabeth City State and Livingstone and Salisbury? Well, two stories about that. Uh, for listeners that are listening, once again, you're giving really good questions because uh, humble beginnings, once again, you know, I got my start on college radio. I didn't get my start on the terrestrial radio stations. College, because college, you know, they just want to hear good music, in my opinion, as to why they picked me up, started playing. But WAGU uh, was the first the, uh, college uh, radio to play my music and because it was getting some good you know reviews and stuff then I got picked up on the other stations but my beginning was at St. Augustine's on uh, WAUG then when I would do shows oh my gosh I did a show with Ty uh, not Ty Tribble but uh, uh, oh gosh I can't think of his name now um, but anyway I did I did a concert at Campbell University Man, students just want to have a good time. That's what I've learned. Then in Greensboro, oh my gosh, at AT. So yeah, HBCUs, they're fun to now the students, sometimes, you know, not, not unless you you are giving them away, you might your sales might not go out the roof. However, they will call you back. 
um, they will remember you and book you for other shows. Then you'll get those. Then you'll get paid for those. Um, but I can remember not getting paid at all. But the exposure, Tony, that's who it was. We did an awesome show together at Campbell University. So, um, and I know it's not HBCU, but what I'm saying is the college circuit period is, is a good way to get your name out there. And to perfect your chops, cut your teeth, because I was a college radio DJ for five years. And it's definitely a great stomping ground when you're that independent up and coming artist that is not yet on the radar of the majors. But if you make enough right. noise with college radio, especially in the CMJ right. College Music Journal, then major labels. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did one at Howard. I mean, it's it's just amazing how you don't have to pump and prime the students. You know, you don't have to come on, stand to your feet. You know, they're ready to jam with you. If your music good, they're gonna jam with you. Yes, Beaver State, same thing. Oh my God, yes, you bring back some good memories as far as you know doing the college circuit. You know, uh, I, I gotta go find those video clips. Yeah, I got some good ones from uh, Beaver State. Yeah, yeah, you definitely got, <laughs> definitely got to put those up. Now you mentioned you didn't have to pump and prime the well with the students because they were already jazzed up, ready for a good time. But right. as you and I both know, the tradition of the Black church, especially praise and worship, is Ooh. almost like your Bobby Bird, James Brown hype man. Everybody, get on your feet. Get on your feet. If you know what I'm talking I about, I don't that. know what you came to do. But <laughs> I came to praise his name. Now I want you to stand up, be on your feet, and give it great. So what is the difference between that style of getting the audience riled up and in the spirit, as opposed to just going out there, giving them a show and really working them in slowly and not coming right. out pow, like with a full head. Right. I, I got another story for you. Man, you're good. You're good. Let's go back to Carowinds. Remember when I said they called me back to mm -hmm. do tour, the Paramount tours with Kurt Franken out of Eden, Cynthia Jones. And, and uh, so that contract read, you are not here to preach. We want you to entertain. So therefore, if you have not written your music in a way that it ministers through lyrics, again, that's why I don't sugarcoat my lyrics. The stage where you are on, where people have paid $35, $50, they're not they don't want you come on stand to your feet i know we had a a, a, a carnival but but we're gonna let the lord have his way no you out of order you out of order they paid you to entertain entertain and have hopefully your lyrics will minister if you are writing that way so yeah i i i don't knock how people do praise and worships and things i just I prefer if I'm going to church, I would prefer to like old school have the choir to sing all the songs the way they used to. I don't I don't have to be pumped and primed up. Um, it's too rehearsed to me. Um, and <laughs> my mom said one time <laughs> when someone said to her, come on, stand to your feet. She's like, what am I going to stand on my hands? I mean, it becomes repetitious to where, you know, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I, I just think we, we don't need all that. And now you just see it so much that it's, you, it's, it's just, you know. But for me, I have had um, uh, my white brothers and sisters to ask me. I uh, remember one lady specifically asking me, why is it uh, when, when, when you're screaming in, in gospel, that means you're really singing? 
And I had to correct her. I was like, that's not me. <laughs> I don't scream. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's why why I do believe God has blessed me to be able to, my music transcends all over because it's not just specifically black gospel, you know? It's, it's, it's for everybody to enjoy. And if you're screaming all the time, they can't hear. <laughs> you know, they can't hear. <laughs> right, and, and that really, to me, when you're doing all the extra stuff, it takes away the message of what you want people to try to remember in the song and remember the utmost purpose anyway is to minister to somebody and you can't minister when you have all these Olympic gymnastic tactics going on. I love that. <laughs> Cause that's, if I visualize that, you're right. It's, it's gymnastics. <laughs> yes. mm. Now you mentioned out of Eden and uh, I was looking at the show Songland about a year or so ago. It was the show with Esther Dean, Shane McNally and Ryan Tedder from One Republic. And they had aspiring songwriters pitching songs for guest artists for the week. And it turned out in one of the episodes, it was Lisa Lisa from Out of Eden and her husband, who's Juan Winans from the Winans family. And I was looking, I was like, oh, man, it's crazy to see how with him and his family and with her and Out of Eden and how they just both combined to do a great work. It was just amazing to see. Now, what was your take on, like I mentioned earlier about commission? Clark sisters, the Winans, uh, we could also throw take six in this category and how they were really a part of that second wave that really knocked the door down for gospel to reach beyond the four walls, influence pop, R&B, because I had a chance to interview uh, Mitchell Jones from Commission and I was telling him like, man, a lot of the 90s R&B groups like Shy, Jodeci, Boys to Men mentioned you all as their reference point. And I know you had a chance to perform with Fred Hammond as well. So uh, can you talk about uh, the legacy of those acts and how they were really a part of that second wave after that first wave of really saying, hey, we're gonna do it our way and we're gonna reach beyond the church. Well, I think um, because they did that, they were able to reach people outside the, uh, the church walls. Um, once again, I am only interested in those that are singing contemporary gospel like they were singing back then. But as long as they, I didn't have a problem as long as I could still tell lyrically who you were singing about. Um, other than that, to me, it's an inspirational song. Um, so therefore, I think it, it, was a, it was a place for it. It still is a place for it. That's why I do what I do. <laughs> um, it still is a place for it. And... Um, it opened up the doors, I think, to allow our younger people to be more creative because I know me being a motorcyclist, singing gospel, I was at an event where, you know, they always called the gospel artists to start off the prayer and all that good stuff at biking events. And that normally was me since I was a biker. So one gentleman told me my music was the closest thing to church that he would ever get to. So I think it opened up doors for people who otherwise didn't go to church. At least they would at least open their hearts and mind up to hearing the gospel in that form of music. Right. Because I can remember being five, six years old, my dad living in Newport News, Virginia, when he was just starting out in the ministry uh, transition from the military 
going into the ministry and how he had in his car the cassette tape for the Winans Return album with It's Time, A Friend, Don't Leave Me. And I was a huge New Jack Swing fan at the time. Still uh -huh. is, you know, with uh -huh. God. And just seeing on the back, Teddy Riley, seeing Bernard Bell, who is the brother of Regina Bell, and just how it had that guy, New Jack Swing sound. And how's like, hey, it's that easy hook to get your young people in because, hey, if you like Guy, you like Aaron Hall, you're going to love this, but it's on the gospel side. Right. And their lyrics let you know it was gospel. That's why a lot of people tell me, you know, I didn't dub myself the, the sanctified Erica Badu a gospel. That's what they started calling me. They were like, oh, we can vibe to this. This is a sanctified Erica Badu of gospel. But, um, you know, so therefore, um, it, it does have its place as long as you do not disguise the lyrics. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and I'm curious to know this. Um, we have contemporary gospel, CCM, which is kind of like the Christian version of Top 40 with acts such as Amy Grant, DC Talk, Hill Song, Toby Mac, and then you have urban contemporary gospel with artists such as yourself, Kurt Franklin, uh, Ty Tribbett, Molly Music, so on and so forth. And I had interviewed Dawkins and Dawkins and I was asking them the same question. And it seemed like the two worlds never really intersect urban contemporary gospel and CCM. Why do you think that is? And what is the main difference in the performance and writing aesthetic between urban contemporary gospel and CCM? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think it should, but there again, just like I told you, the um, the white young lady said to me, why, why do you all sing the way you sing and consider it singing when you're screaming? I think, um, and, and you know, and some, to some of us, we might think theirs is not as lively enough. However, I, I do think that that time, you know, we are slowly getting there though, um, but it, we have a ways to go. Um, so therefore, I just think it's because of our styles, our, the way we sing, the way we worship, the way it's just totally different. Mm, so treated like a buffet at Golden Corral, which was founded in Fayetteville, for those of you that don't know, shout out to everybody <laughs> down in Fayetteville. You can pick what you like. And if you don't like it, there's always something else for you. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's yep. right. I but like that. Yeah, but be sure to get a clean plate before each visit because you don't want to <laughs> mix and co-mingle because you don't know what's in there. So now we're going to fast forward and talk about the making of your debut album in 2000. What was that like for you? And what was your aspect of songwriting and performance knowing like, man, I'm about to make my first major album and I got to come out the box with something? Well, the thing of it is, um, I just, it goes back to what we've been talking about all this time um this you know gospel music where is it going what is going on what's happening to it is, is it gospel is it inspiration you know and so i was listening to some music and i was listening to a gospel station and i looked i said am i listening to the christian station am i listening to the <laughs> i couldn't tell based upon the song and so i looked at my dial again i looked and i looked and I said, let me go check this song out because I can't tell what this is. This person's singing about, I don't hear nothing about the Lord. Jesus, I mean, you don't have to say Jesus, Jesus a hundred times, but I should be able to hear it at least one time. 
Um, so I went on YouTube, looked up the arts. I was like, I can't see it. I can't see it. So I said, you know what? So somebody said, Cynthia, why don't you be the change? We we need you back out here. And that's what that's what someone told me from a, a very uh, popular magazine. She said, you be the change. I said, you know what? I'm gonna do it. And so that's that's why I'm back out. Um, it's been a minute. It's been uh, just about ten years uh, since I've been out. And so I wrote this song to come out and just basically say, guys, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> you know, either you are or you're not. You know, so. It was, it's fun. It's still fun. I'm, look, the music video releases on the 30th um, of this month. And um, I'm having fun. And that's the thing about it. if you're not having fun, you need to be doing something else because it has been a ride that I have enjoyed so far. We've done the uh, concert in the park in a hundred degrees weather. I had no idea who was going to show up. But to see a sea of umbrellas and tents and chairs and you know things like that, people coming out to show love for Cynthia Jones, y'all, I, 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 I'm not that emotional person that cried, but that day I really wanted to, you know, look, get a little teared up a little bit because it was hot that day and people came out to hear the new Cynthia Jones song. Then they got a uh, um, line dance to it that we're going to do another video for that one. Um, it's just been fun. It's been fun. I like to have fun when I'm in the studio. And this was just fun to come back out and, you know, to, to uh, release it, see where it's going. Uh, people just sending me videos just this week. Hey, we heard you on XM Radio. You're on Kurt Franklin Station. I'm in Michigan. I'm listening to you You're in Baltimore. I mean, it's just been fun. So, yeah, I'm just having fun doing this and still got a ways to go. I mean, we just got started. Mm -hmm. And uh, you mentioned Kurt Franklin and his uh, series X on Station Praise. And you mentioned that at Carowinds, you were on the bill with Kurt Franklin. So what was that like seeing him and then his rise and how he just took it to a whole nother level from that first batch of crossover gospel artists? Because once Stomp got airplay on MTV, that's when you knew like, okay, he's on to something. Yes. Well, I can say this. Kurt Franklin is one of the most friendliest people. Um, one of the most friendliest people that I have. Um, well, I've met a lot of friendly. It's just that he was just different because, I, you know, I try to give people their space when I'm traveling and we're in the green room with other artists. You, you know, I, I don't fall and stumble all over them and things like that. But at the same time, if you've never seen them before, some of some of the people that were with me was like, oh, that's Kurt Frank. And I was like, y'all leave alone. He's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. They talk to me, you know, things like that. And then one girl said, can you talk to my mama on the phone? Give me the phone. Let me talk to mama. Hey, mama, this is Kurt Frank. I mean, he's that kind of guy. So we just had a good time. Then I went on to the next tour with him. Uh, we went to uh, um, uh King's Dominion after that. So it was just a good time. But I, I think because of his style and something, you know, he got a lot of flack at times too. But I think because he's, it's just made him so humble. 
He's a, he's a cool guy to hang around. Uh, his nose isn't up in the air. You can talk to him. I never forget I was at another event with him where um, it was time for him to go. And, and so the, the bodyguard was like, y'all, you got to go. I mean, kind of pushing the people. Kurt was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. These are my fans. These are my fans. Don't, don't do that to them. These are my fans. I will sign every last order. That's, that's, that's the kind of person I, 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 I want to be that I am. And seeing Kurt do that, I mean, he's always, I, I always would have mad respect for him, love for him, because he's genuine. He's mm -hmm. genuine. Yeah, you got to be able to walk amongst royalty and walk amongst the commoners and really realize it's those who buy your records, watch your videos, go to a show that's really putting money in your pocket and that they made you. And also, same people that, that you see on the way up, Gonna be the same ones you're probably gonna see when it go down. Yep, yep, that's right, that's right. I believe that. Yeah, you never know who you're entertaining, and the same person you talk wrong about today be the very person you need tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> mm -hmm. as, as what my grandma would always say, uh, rest in peace, Grandma Ada. Now, I want to talk about your songwriting method. Do you have a particular method that you use when you're songwriting? Do you like to hear a skeleton of the track first before you write or a full fleshed out version of the track? And do you collaborate or prefer to go off in a separate room and write and then come back to the studio when you have an idea? Well, it's funny you should ask that. <laughs> now listen, but when it comes to me writing, believe it or not, God gives me the, the, the melody he gives me the lyrics. All I got to do is get on the keyboard, play it a little bit, and or hum it to my producer, and, and then they just take it from there. Most of the songs that you have heard me sing, um, they're already in its format in the arrangement that it's supposed to be in. And um, I just think that truly is a gift because other than that, when I try to write and I'm not, you know, and, and I haven't waited for God to, to give me anything, it will take me forever <laughs> just to get a verse. Um, so I truly believe it. I, I write when, as God gives it to me. But now if I'm writing for someone else, I have had someone um, uh, over in Africa, Pastor Harold Chala in Africa to send me something to write for him. So he sent the music over. Um, he only had like the, the, the hook part. So he just didn't know how to write the verses. So I wrote the verses. So I have had people to send me the music fully uh, created and all I have to do is write to it. I write very well um, by the storyboards. I've had people to uh, let me write for their weddings. I'm like, just give me the story. How did you meet? Tell me some things that you want to make sure I put in the song. And I write from there. I wrote a beautiful song called Baby, I'm Real, um, based upon this person's life, how they met. And, and I mean, she couldn't get down the aisle from crying so much because the song was written for her. So I write very well straight off the cuff, um, which is what I did for Ain't No Half-Stepping. Um, this was my first time having a producer to send me their music and write to it. So um, when my producer, Sean Key, sent me his music, um, 
instantly. I just started, here's you, and you, tell me, do you know? I mean, that's what I heard. And so that's what I wrote. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to collaborating, I feel that it is a delicate dance because you don't want to outshine the person you're collaborating with and step on their toes. And you also want to do enough to where you get your point across. So how do you balance that where I want to respect your idea and I don't want to overpower you or outshine you and find that nice little middle ground in the studio and or on stage when you perform with another artist? Well, I've only had to do it twice. Um, the first one, like I said, was uh, the one from Africa, but he wasn't here. His, his vocals were already on the track. Um, I just need to do the the verses for him. However, I've had it pretty easy because Ben Tanker and I, good friend of mine, we have done a collaboration. But you know, he's he's key. So it was easy. He just took my song, um, something about that name, and he just laced it with those beautiful keys. So my vocals were still there, and he just laced it with the keys and put it on his uh, 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 full tank. Two album, 2.0 album. So I haven't had the luxury of collabing to where it's a lot of singing back and forth with another artist. Um, those were the two. Okay. And I was also doing my research and saw that you had a chance to perform with Howard Hewitt. Is that correct? Yes. So yes, what was that yes. like performing with Mr. Howard Hewitt? We all know legend from uh, Shalimar, solo career, Say Amen, is still getting airplay on gospel stations to this I day. Know. And for it those of you that don't know, he did the Soul Train theme from 1987 <laughs> to 1993. Um, being on actually two shows with Howard, um, I, I just think it's great because me being a gospel artist, um, I was I was the gospel artist, and most of the other artists there were secular artists. However, they know when they book me, they know what they're gonna get. Is but my music is what they love. So Howard is is very down to earth, uh, very friendly, easy to talk to. We just you know in the green room just laughing and talking, and and then we laughed again when we saw each other again at another venue. So. Um, but I haven't done anything with him, but it would be nice. I mean, he's smooth. I, I really like his style. You know, he, he's always, you know, dressed, you know, for success, <laughs> so to speak. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was nice to be able to be amongst him and Christopher Washington at the same show. So, Yeah. Right now, do you think sometimes when some Christian artists go on bills with secular artists that they feel like I got to walk on eggshells a little bit? Just your opinion. Walk on eggshells where I feel like, oh, I can't really be browbeating too much or really be forceful because they're looking at me like, um, you know? Well, I don't. I don't. But now let me tell you an incident where, no, I wasn't. It wasn't around other artists. Well, I'll tell you too. I'll answer your question first, then I'll tell you this other story. No, I don't. Because I know they know who I am and I know who I am and whose I am. So therefore, I'm any opportunity I'm given, any platform I'm given, first of all, you're going to get an A game from me, okay? And I, I don't walk on eggshells because I'm unapologetic about the God I serve. So therefore, if you have a problem with it, then you probably shouldn't have booked me because that's what I'm going to sing. 
Y'all stick to what y'all singing. I mean, I've been on concerts with um, uh, Bobby Blue, uh, Bobby Blue Bland, uh, no, Bobby Rush, Bobby Rush. I mean, and, and I was like, why am I here? But you never know why people are asking you, you know, there might be that one soul out there in the audience that needs to hear what I have to say. It was myself, Bobby Rush, Avant, and um, it was another artist there. But I mean, they booked me. It was Sunday. So I guess they felt like I'm, I'm church. <laughs> so therefore, but let me tell you, um, when I was in Morocco, I stayed in Morocco. I did a residency there um, a month and almost a month and a half. That's the only time where I felt like I, I walked on eggshells. Let me tell you why. I was in a, in a predominantly Muslim country, okay? Um, so my first time there, the first night out to sing, I got up there and I saw him, but every time I needed to say Jesus, I kind of went, Jesus, out under my breath because I was like, these are Muslims, I can't sing, you know? So um, I kind of, you know, but after intermission, I said, wait a minute. If I die right now, I want to die in Christ. So if tonight is my night to die, then so be it. Man, you talking about somebody going back to that hotel room praying, asking for forgiveness. Lord, I repent that I was ashamed to shout your name out. You know, I had to pull myself together and say, this is what you called me for. Now I'm putting, you know, the rubber is meeting the road right here. You know, so when I came back out on that second set, Sung my song, sung Jesus as loud as I could. And you know what? After that, it was all right. Mm -hmm. It was all right. Because I, I, that's the only time where I, I said, Lord, I, I let you down. And I had to repent. And after that, mm -mm, no, no. Every show after that, was <laughs> it was on. It was on. Yeah, because you never know who's watching or who need it. Like you said, somebody needs saving in that juke joint. And if it takes uh, sitting by the jukebox playing members only by Bobby Blue Bland and getting out before that two drink minimum at uh, two o'clock in the morning, if that's what it takes for them to know the word, get the word and go from being that backseat Christian and maybe going to the middle pew the next week. And then by the time the end of the month, they work their way up to that front. And it's just a steady working. It's just like that mold of clay where it's being molded, it's being shaped. Right. So by the time you get to stop drinking the milk and eating some meat, you'll be a fine sculptured person in the full image of our <laughs> Lord and Savior. Like I said, my dad's my dad, my dad is a pastor. So FYI. Uh -huh. I mean, to to wake up every day, my my um hotel room faced the mosque. Mm. So every day. The mosque was my view, and every day you would hear um, the the chimes for them time, uh, their prayer time. So, um, but I was like, "Do you know?" Once I did that, do you know they request me to sing "Oh Happy Day"? Wow. <laughs> I was like, "I'm way over here in Morocco, in a predominantly Muslim country, and." They want me to sing, oh, happy day. Oh, boy, I did it now. There's a video out there with me singing that there, too. But they loved it, even though they was holding their drinks up, singing, oh, happy day. But, you know, um, they booked me. I'm an artist. I'm a gospel artist. And that's what they wanted. 
Mm-hmm. Give the people what they want. So what was it like for you to get that recognition by your peers being nominated for Grammys and Stella Awards? Well, when I saw my name, I was on Kingdom Records then. Um, and when I saw my name, I was like, wow. <laughs> but I was just honored to be there. I said, am I really nominated? They said, yeah, you are. And, and but when I, I got a little intimidated, um, when I saw Keisha Cole's name and some other names, and here I am, I'm just new, you know, but, you know, I, I was still honored to be nominated in three categories that were not gospel categories. Um, so, you know, and that's the story of our life when it comes to my music. A lot of times I'm not even in my category because there's not one for me as far as the style that I sing. And I, and I welcome that. It's okay, because it goes back to what you were saying. I, I walk boldly in the Lord, you know? <laughs> I ain't scared. <laughs> mm-hmm. So therefore, um, I, I welcome that. I welcome that. But it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling um, when you hear your name, when you see your name. And then even back home, you know, the North Carolina Announcers Guild, you know, I've won, you know, several awards, jazz awards, this award, that, you know, it's it's a good feeling. It's just a good feeling. Mm, uh, we touched briefly on Pastor Shirley Caesar, but I want to go more in depth. And what do you think her legacy is for music in general? And also what she means for the home state of North Carolina? I can say this, no matter where I see her, no matter if she's on television, if she's doing an interview, if she's, you know, just just out. I, I've seen her in a store one time, just, just purchasing something from one of the pharmacies. She is always a classy lady, first of all, but she she's unwavered as well. You know, I can say that she, st- she stands firm on the word of God. So if she gets a script in a movie, you know, she's still standing firm. She didn't have to change. And that's what I like about it. She didn't change. Um, and now being who she is, she ain't got to change, you know. <laughs> but um, she didn't change then and she hasn't changed now. So that I, I really, I can appreciate that as an artist. Mm, and if you don't know Shirley Caesar's discography, Google it, look it up, stream it, hold my mule no charge, all the stuff with the caravans. We could go on and on. And for you young ladies, if you're planning on going to church, uh, make sure you wear something appropriate because you may have some old school church mothers that uh, pull you to the side and say, uh, baby, you don't pass the fingertip test. Go ahead and go ahead and put this on. Some of you know what I'm talking about. The uh-huh. old school church mothers that have them white shoes on. You're like, uh, you ain't coming up in here not with no suit on. Go back out get dressed like my grandma always said you could be out and party on saturday night but you can't get up and go to church on sunday morning because you knew one or two things was gonna go on at my grandma's house from my ada and grandma selena that's my dad's uh mom was that you were gonna go to church either uh-huh. with them for sunday service or that sunday school van was picking you up and the am gospel station was playing on that little brown am fm alarm clock radio and bobby jones gospel was being played on bet <laughs> Yeah, and since you're from the 919, you know what station was on back here. It was WLLE. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing like that AM gospel radio. You hear the That's right. pastor saying, uh, 
Riverside Baptist Church will be having their 14th annual anniversary program this Sunday at 5.30. We'd like to invite all local area yep. churches and ministries to come on now. And dinner will be served in the fellowship hall afterwards. Uh -huh. And also another church down the street, Little Ways, Quarry Rock Church, will be having their annual summer revival. Just find a big old Big old empty dirt lot with a tent. You can't miss it. Off highway, blah, 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 and blah, 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 North Carolina. You you know you in the country when they just say, just find a big dirt lot with a tent. Uh-huh. And back then, we had those fans with the wooden handles. Mm, hey, Martin Luther King, you had the little girl with the prime Martin hands. Luther King. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, love yeah, it. yeah. You you got you gotta love it. And I want to talk about we talked about briefly, ain't no half stepping the formation and the coming about of the song. So what is your feeling on the song and what can people expect with this new project? And then I also want to touch briefly on why the 10-year gap, if you want to elaborate or explain. Okay. Um what they can expect from this song is, first of all, very strong lyrics. Uh, the song will find you where you are. Um, it is a lot of, uh, it, it is different from normally do. Like, Lay back. Now we wanted a summer song. We wanted you to move, get up and, and, and dance a little bit, you know? So there is a line dance to this song as well so but the song lyrically oh my gosh yeah it, it definitely has a message there and it will basically find you wherever you are um and then uh do something about it if if, if you if it stepped on your toes a little bit <laughs> mm -hmm. and then what was the reason behind the gap for 10 years in between releases because you released your debut in 2000 sophomore album in 03 then another album in 05 and 08 and then the gap was it more so where I want to be more creative, or I just want to step back for a minute, do my own thing, and once again, it's up to you if you want to expound on that or not. And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, life, <laughs> life. Um, I kept, you know, I kept saying, you know, I gotta get back in there. I gotta get back in there. But doing other things, um, I don't want to say I stepped back, but just other things did start uh, coming into play. Um, I, I would say, okay, I'm going to get in here. I'm going to write this song. But remember, I was telling you, I can't write it on this guy. Give it to me. But um, just other things just started uh, coming into play. And uh, But like I said, so I finally got fed up with what I was hearing. And I was like, okay, I need to go ahead and put something out. I need to put something out. So I'm back and I'm having a good time. And my days of albums, you know, I, I, I still like writing. I'm going to always be writing. So I'm going to be putting out a whole lot more. Um, and I, I love the fact that now that I'm out, it's so much out there on social media um, for you to put your music out and TikTok it and just to have audience engaging. Uh, with you and you with the audience. I mean, Zoom, you know, it's so much that you can do and have fun now when you're releasing your music. So, um, yeah, so it was, it was, it was just a gap because life, just life started happening. Then, you know, then lose my brother. But in the middle of losing my brother, I did put out one song about that one. And it is out there. It's called God's Got You. 
uh, God's got me. It's called God's got me because I felt like at that time, okay, this is the first death in my family. Um, and now, you know, how am I going to handle this as a Christian myself? And, you know, you always tell everybody else, I'm praying for you, be strong. Now it's my turn. But that song, oh my gosh, I wrote that song. And from what I understand, it has helped a lot of people get through just knowing that God's got you and he knows what you need, especially during that time. So I did release that one single um, for just to help, just to help. Mm -hmm. And before we wrap, I have one North Carolina gospel influenced artist that too, actually, that I did not mention. And I definitely want to mention. Can we talk about the impact of John P. Key and Donna Lawrence? who was just recently inducted to the North Carolina uh, Musicians Hall of Fame? Um, by John B. Key being uh, down the road, <laughs> I have you know been to a lot of his events uh, when he was doing the midnight musicals and things like that. Those were pretty fun. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's funny. I've been able to just hang in the studio and watch them do what they do. Um, in those days, it was it was really fun to have the what they would call skinning. So you went and stayed all night at church, not you know for the preaching, but just to be amongst the musicians, and we're just in there doing our thing. So I have hung around him and his musicians and singers doing that aspect back in the day. Um, and Donald Lawrence, I haven't had a chance to do anything with him. Um, but I think his, <laughs> I know he would always say, okay, I'm retiring. Then he come back. I'm retiring and coming back. Come, you know, so he's always coming in and out as well. But both of those are great artists. Um, uh, Donald, I think, is he has his style. Very unique artist, I think. Um, John, he's just he just seems like a, I don't know, I guess because I had a chance to hang with them before. Um, just good people. Just good people to be around. Mm, and I never knew when you was talking about that whole vibe of just being in the church all night and being around the musicians. To me, it sounds like the musician's version of the good old church lock-in. So for those of you who are old enough to remember the church lock-in, during certain times of the year, more than likely mm -hmm. New Year's, you would have a service all night and the kids would be in a separate room and you had somebody in there maybe playing movies, music, whatever, sleeping bag, or if you didn't have sleeping bag, you were sleeping on them pews. Yep. I can remember those days. Oh my gosh. But see, if you were a child, you could get by with, you know, just staying back there, eating everything out the bag and uh, that your, your parents or your family bought for y'all to eat for later on. Uh, you didn't have to stay on your knees and pray all night like the like the adults. But <laughs> mm. I remember those days. We used to call them shut-ins. And I used to hate it when they would say shut-in because that meant, my, my you know, we're going to be in church all night. I can't go outside to play. I can't, you know. So. <laughs> no soul train. And don't no. have to get up and say a Bible verse. And don't say Jesus wept people. Yep. Oh, I tried that one. I did use it. <laughs> I did use it. <laughs> yeah, this, this was back in the days when uh, they used to have that long yard stick. You used to get the swat of correction. You definitely can't do that now yeah, in 2021. Yeah. And also back in the days where you had those cookies and that fruit punch for vacation Bible school. Mm -hmm. It was the fruit punch or the red Kool-Aid. 
<laughs> yeah, which is great. And uh, I could talk with you all day about church upbringing being in the South. And I know you have a lot more things to do. And I'm very appreciative of you taking the time out of your day to do this interview. So by the time this interview airs, your video will be on social media platforms. So shout out anybody that you want to shout out to and also plug your social media. Well, shout out to uh, my team, uh, Norma DeShields, uh, Benita Bellamy, uh, and my producer for this project, Ain't No Half-Stepping. Oh my God, Sean Keys, uh, my executive producer, which is my husband, uh, Gregory Etheridge, um, and just, you know, my fans, Cynthia Jones fans who have stuck with me for years. I mean, thank y'all for showing up, showing out at the concerts. Um, this, you can go to CynthiaJones.com. The single is only 99 cent, guys. Y'all download that. Um, or you can get it from your favorite music uh, platform. Uh, it's on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get your music. It's just 99 cents. So support me, support other artists, support local artists, support independent artists. We need you guys. So thank you so much for having me on Beyond the Album Cover. This is really, really fun. Like I said, man, you have to tell me when to shut up because I could talk all night. I love it when you took me back in the day. And I said retirement for Donald Lawrence, but not retirement, but he used to say, you know, it's going to be my grand finale, then we come back out. Grand finale, come back. So yeah, I wanted to fix that real quick because he never said retire. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you can catch this interview available wherever you stream podcasts and on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash beyond the album cover. That's on all social media Tune in, follow, tap in. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a big thank you to the one, the only queen of gospel, Neo Soul, Miss Cynthia Jones. Thank you once thank again for coming you. on Beyond the Album Cover. And one more thing. Yes, the same thing. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of them are I am Cynthia Jones. Just put in I am Cynthia Jones for any of them. And you can also find me on YouTube. So also like, share as well. Thank you.